Hey folks, so this is food part five, the spiritual science of eating, and this one I wanted to talk about changing our eating on the ground level. So I want to take us through some steps, some really practical steps to change the way that we are eating. We talked about it a little bit last week with our guests that were uh, here on the show and I felt like we were still hovering above the ground just a little bit and I want to get right on the ground and talk about what's it going to look like. Now before I do that I want to take you back to where I began the whole series from because I don't want to get lost in this without looking at the big picture. And here's the big picture. So we said like the very beginning, whatever you do, whether you whether it's the food that you eat, whether it's the words that you say, uh, the clothes that you wear, all of the externals about you are merely pointing to something internal. And yet it's really, really important for us to pay attention to those because they can teach us about what's going on internally. So uh, use the analogy of an iceberg and said that like sometimes an iceberg will drift in a direction and the wind is blowing in the opposite direction. And if you're just on the surface, then you should be looking at that scratch in your head going, why is the iceberg floating that way? And the reason is because it's being driven by a current that is much stronger than what you see on the surface, which is the wind. And so our lives, sometimes we find ourselves, I mean, like, right, you've done this. You find yourself going in a direction and you're like, how, how in the world did my life end up over here whenever I thought I was blowing the iceberg this way and the whole time you realize you weren't blowing the iceberg. It was drifting on the current of your emotions and of your subconscious thinking patterns and of your habits. And that more than anything controlled the direction that your life is headed. So I want to take you through what it looks like to change the externals, but not just for the sake of changing the externals, because whenever you go to change the externals, it is a great way to learn about yourself. You will bump into the internal habits that have been going on, okay? And so it's kind of like it's kind of like this. You ever run a marathon or a really, really long race before? Like on one hand, it is the simplest job in the world. You put one one foot in front of the other and you just keep doing that. Like a child can understand the concept of running a marathon. But somewhere about mile 18 or 20, right? Like knowing that you keep putting one foot in front of the other isn't actually the point anymore. You run up against something much deeper within you and it's not about knowing the answers or knowing how to run a marathon. It's all of a sudden you start to hit this wall inside of you of doubt and all of the things that have been lingering inside of there and so it can be with our diets so we run up against this wall right you know what I'm talking about if you've ever attempted a diet which statistics would say you have <laughs> and so you go like January 1st classic New Year's resolution and you make it till when like two weeks or something like that and then you're just like I'm done I can't do this anymore and 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 on the surface you're like shouldn't this be really really easy I mean like you just have to not keep shoving the junk in your body that you've been shoving it's the simplest thing in the world just don't do that and yet you find yourself doing it over and over again and so 
here's what I want. I think we've all failed enough in our eating that like, you know, on one hand, failure is a good teacher. It really, everybody should fail whenever they try to do new things just to teach them. That's how life works. On the other hand, this area, I think on average is something we have failed at so much that we've given up on and failure is no longer a good teacher if you keep failing and give up on it. So I want to sort of point some of us in a direction towards success as one who has hit my head against the wall plenty of times and still find myself at times hitting my head against the wall. I have seen some of the light and I, I have had some success in my life and I just want to share a little bit about what it would look like for you practically to actually have some success okay uh, and before I, I get there I just do want to remind you that some of you I don't know where you're at but you may be looking at me or you may be you may have a friend that's like super super healthy uh, ultra marathoner whatever you know crossfitter and all this and you're looking at them going I could never get there well uh, just like Chris Hatchett said last week, you don't necessarily need to go all the way to point Z. If you're starting on point A, how about let's make it to B or to C, and then let's just figure out how to stay there, like how to actually stay at point B and not revert back to point A. And so it's going to look different for every one of us, but I just want to take you through some of my personal experiences and story so that uh, I could maybe help you kind of hash some of these things out in your mind so that you could have a greater shot of success of changing the way that you eat, okay? So for one, um, your life is complicated. When you try to change your diet, there is a fundamental misconception that most people have. We only think about ourselves and we think that if we don't succeed it's just because of no one else but ourselves. And on one hand yes we are the ultimately responsible party for our own health but on the other hand I could take you, no matter how bad you think your willpower might be, I could put you on the NBC show The Biggest Loser, and I could put you in that camp with all of the resources they have and have you spend five or six weeks there with your own personal trainer and your own chefs and all of that, and you would be successful. So it's not just you, it's a combination of you and your environment. I, I want you to think about your sphere of influence because whenever you go to make a diet change, you know this because you've run up against it before, there's all of these other factors outside of yourself that are going to be impacted by you changing like relationships. There's going to be about a hundred other people that you're going to ask to change just a little bit with you because all of those relationships will kick back against you because they're trying to find some homeostasis. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to find yourself in a hundred battles that you weren't expecting to be in that's going to look a lot like this. You show up at the restaurant 
with the coworkers and all of a sudden you're not eating anything there or you get the salad and you bring your homemade dressing or whatever and everybody's looking at you like what's going on with you right and you're like awkward moment and then as if that weren't enough they're going to start judging themselves based on what you're eating because they want you to be eating less healthy food than they are so they can feel good about themselves and then they look at you and you're having a salad and then they've got their plate of chips and chocolate chip cookies or whatever they're eating and then they're like oh yeah, yeah you're just so much better than yourself and and i must be a horrible person and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa. and you start getting them dumping all of their own self guilt on you listen that may not that may sound a little extreme but you know what i'm talking about that you're going to get like from all of these people at your work you're going to get it from your home you're going to get it maybe from a spouse from your kids all of the patterns and the relationships that you've found yourself in rhythm with are going to be disrupted and you're going to find yourself the recipient of comments of guilt trips you're going to find yourself having to explain everything you're like oh my gosh this is hard enough like the mental battle just to change what you're eating and to kick the addictions that you had is if that weren't hard enough you're going to find yourselves in these awkward places over and over again with people while you're trying to change now the good news is is that's going to be temporary but whenever you go to disrupt all of the regularity that you've had by changing your diet people are going to notice and I want you to be prepared for that because you're asking in small ways not just for yourself to change but you're going to be asking for other people to understand you you're going to be asking for other people to come to peace with what they're doing and know you're not judgmental about them and you're going to be asking for other people to support you and you may or may not get that at different levels and so having said all of that there are some things that you need to be prepared for it is not something that you should jump into tomorrow right if your life is complicated like if you are married okay if you are married with kids right any of you married with kids and a job married with kids and a job and a schedule right married with kids and a job and a schedule and co-workers you're going to have to oh I forget family get-togethers church Thanksgiving it all of that you're going to have to prepare for all of the ways that those things are going to intersect with your routines and you can reclaim some of your boundaries and get some healthy boundaries and get back into a healthy rhythm but be prepared for the initial shock okay and I'm gonna get back to that word in a second so I want you uh, to think about some ways that you can be successful uh, and here they are number one start at home okay you're gonna have enough already to uh, prepare for and to deal with without having to intersect even more of those relationships okay you don't wanna have to whenever you first start out change is gonna be hard and you don't want to have to run into people right and left so look at your calendar and find a month or a few weeks that you can set aside to start differently at 
home as much as possible. I don't mean that you stay home from work necessarily, but that you sort of hover near your home grounds and your eating habits as much as possible so that you don't constantly find yourselves. That's going to look different for everybody. You may be somebody who goes out to work, like you're like, Seth, I have lunch meetings with people like three days a week or, or whatever, and I can't start at home. Okay, that's going to be part of your story and your battle, and you're going to have to come up with a way to find some success. And it may be legitimately harder for you, but it is part of your equation, and it is ultimately up to you to think about that. Okay, but as much as possible, find a month where you're not going to have potlucks and holidays and July 4th, and you're probably not going to find a perfect month. Okay, you're probably not going to find a perfect few weeks in a row, but you do need to find one with as few of interruptions as possible so that you can have some success until your body gets in a different routine. Once your body gets in a different routine, then you can start engaging some of those places and expanding your sphere a little bit more and you can have some healthy boundaries and it won't be such a beat down as if you try to change all of that at once. Okay, So I said I'd get back to the word shock. Okay, So start at home. Okay and then prepare for a shock. Here's what I mean by shock, okay? Uh, if you've ever owned a pool, you know what it means to shock a pool, and most of us do anyway. So like at the beginning of each year, you go out to your pool, and your pool is a living ecosystem there, and you don't want it to have too much that's alive in it. You want to kill out the algae and all of that, so you got to get it chemically imbalanced. So what do you do? You shock the pool. Now, uh, if you are a pool owner, you know how expensive it is to shock the pool. Like it's gotten all crudded over with algae and all of this stuff over the winter time, and you've got to get it clear of that and get it back into a healthy rhythm of being what a pool should be like. So at the very beginning, you start with a shock. Now, it's really important to do that because if you did not start with a shock, like by the time you, if you were just like, well, I'll just gradually phase all of this in and I'll just gradually change the chemistry of the pool. Like if you're just going to gradually everything on a swimming pool, it's going to be fall before you get your pool back into the rhythm that it needs to be in, right? And so like by that time, you're like, okay, well, never mind. We won't swim this year. So you've got to start by putting a lot of resources, some devoted time into your pool and that's the first few weeks that I'm talking about okay so I'm going to suggest to you based on personal experience that we're talking about a month a month is a good amount of time in order to change your diet and to get into rhythm with the way that you want to be eating with the new and healthier you okay I did my reference point is gonna be the whole 30 I loved the whole 30 I liked it uh, a whole lot because it's not really something, it's not something you have to buy. It's not anything with like a lot of gimmicks. It's just, hey, don't eat all this stuff. And then there's somebody out there that, uh, that you don't have to pay them a dime. You just go look on their website and it'll just say, don't eat this, don't eat this, and don't eat this. And it's going to come up with a lot of rules and stuff for it. But starting out, whatever you do, 
plan on it for lasting more than three weeks okay so uh, three weeks to a month is a good amount of time that like at the end of that you're gonna find yourself not only in a new rhythm of, of what you eat but you're gonna find it to where it's not a constant mental battle every day there's always gonna be a little bit of a mental battle but it's not gonna be like the first couple of weeks that you're gonna find yourselves like in over your head mental struggles and all the changes and stuff like that you'll feel a new rhythm to life that's sort of smoothing out over a month and then you can start uh, incorporating that into the rest of your life so prepare to shock your system for about a month now what I want to tell you about that is that it's going to be very very expensive I've already touched on all of the relationships and the things that you are going to need to change around you and all the ways you're going to run up into people but you're also going to have to change a whole lot about what's in your environment now this is all part of the shock so if you don't realize how much you are in debt I want you to think about this and from a financial standpoint like some of you like how many of us are running from uh, place to place and like you don't even think about what you're gonna eat until like five o'clock that day right and then you're like oh dang what am I gonna eat and then there's nothing healthy whatsoever to eat and so you want to get to a place where you have some margin in your life and you're thinking ahead now think about like financially some of us are live that way financially like what if you are paying last month's bills every month like what would it take to get you ahead a month instead of behind a month well you're still kind of having like in the end you're probably if you're living constantly and you're surviving a month behind you could theoretically survive a month ahead on the same amount of money but you're gonna have to 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 get two months worth of income to sort of buy yourself back into the into the uh, the blacks instead of living constantly in the red living a little bit in the black versus living a little bit in the red is going to amount to an exponential increase in your level of joy your level of just like accomplishment what what you do in life and all of that so that may be true in a financial sense but it's also true in the way that you eat and in your diet so whatever your current situation looks like if you want to get to a healthier place of eating it means buying a little bit more margin in front of you and that's going to involve all of the environment around you at your house like if you want to shock your system you're gonna to have to actually spend some money this is gonna take actual money to buy yourself some more margin in your diet it's gonna take actual time preparing some things so that you get ahead and I'm telling you in the end you won't spend a lot more time and money thinking about or preparing food than you currently do you're just gonna be ahead quite a bit more you will spend more on a regular basis but it will not be that much more as much as it might seem like at first at first you're gonna have to spend a lot to shock your system okay so here's the way you need to prepare your environment the way that you prepare your environment has everything to do with whatever kind of diet that you want to go on so do a little bit of research you don't have to research a ton anything that says stop eating all of the junk that you're currently eating that might be interfering with your health is probably a good diet 
I don't recommend, just like Dr. Rector talked about, I don't recommend going on a so, any sort of diet that's going to only eliminate like carbs or whatever or where it says, look, this is going to be so easy. Because once you find yourself trying to manipulate your diet and you haven't actually addressed the psychological parts of your addictions and the things that you want to keep doing, like if you're like, oh, I've got this diet that allows me to eat like gobs and gobs of bacon and french fries as long as I don't eat like a single bite of uh, sugar, then I mean, come on, like you're eating bacon and french fries, you're still avoiding some of the psychological part of this and that is the biggest thing that you're going to have to attack, okay? So that's the bad news. The good news is, is that you can do it, okay? Now, in order to do that, figure out what it is that you are allowed to eat and not to eat. I'm going to take you back to the Whole30 because it's the one I have experience with. Uh, there are some other ones out there. Uh, Dr. Rector mentioned the Daniel Plan is a really good one. The Maker's Diet is another one. Um, but basically, find a diet and preferably one that somebody else has done the research on. Why? Because you don't have months and months to research every good and bad food or whatever. But find a diet that you trust and uh, one that somebody else has done a lot of research on and has specific rules. This is so important. Specific rules about all the little things you can and can't have because you're going to find yourself trying to justify. Yeah, you know this. You've been on a diet. You're going to find yourself trying to justify whether or not you can have this thing. And that actually matters because on a Tuesday night in the middle of the week, whenever you're really tired and you're frustrated and the kids are yelling and stuff like that, you don't have time to go research whether or not carrageenan is healthy and whether or not you should have it on your diet. So find one of these diets highly recommend the whole 30 they've got all kinds of things that, that are published out there that say very specifically there are forms of people that, that have asked the question can i have this or that and if you find yourself wondering you google it can i have blank and you will find the answer right there in black and white really fast to whether or not you can have it and it will be a yes or a no and then you're committed to following it so whether or not it makes sense to you whether or not you can justify it or anything like that you're buying into a system and that buys you a whole lot of freedom to uh, emotional uh, without the emotional baggage of having to like make all of those choices in the middle of the month because you're in a new world and all of the uh, uh, the mental and emotional battles that are going on, you don't need to go down another rabbit hole in the middle of the week trying to figure out like and, and do some sort of mental head games. You just need a quick yes or no, and then you're just going to have to fight with your willpower in order to follow through with whatever the answer is on that, especially if it's no, you can't have it. Okay, so in order to change the environment around your house, okay, number one, do a lot of research, okay? Figure out what diet you're on, figure out some very clear, yes, I can eat this, and no, I can't answers to your diet. Get comfortable with that, think ahead, think about all of the, the sort of the, uh, the, the effects of the yeses or nos, like what am I going to have to change in my house, and then you need to actually change your physical surroundings. Okay, so I suggested starting at home. So you're going to sort of stay really close to home or really close to a place where you have control over your food without having to go into all those conversations about food. And then you want to change the environment in there. Okay, I realize how complicated this can get if you have kids in your house and you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't force my kids to go on the whole 30. <laughs> 
No, you can't. Uh, that's a whole nother ball of wax, okay? But figure out what it's going to mean to be successful and then start changing it. For us, it was hilarious. The first time we went to, on the Whole30, we purged our cabinets and we're like, we've got to get all the stuff out of our house. Now, think about how much time this takes whenever you're already trying to run a family, full-time jobs and all this. This is why I told you it's going to take a few weeks just to get ready to go on a diet, which is hilarious. Like, whenever you think about, <laughs> like, I'm only changing the way that I eat for two or three weeks. At some point, you're like, wouldn't it just be easier to not eat for three weeks? Good grief. But no, you've got to change your rhythm. So you need to take plenty of prep time and then purge your house of all of the things that you don't want to eat That you because you will. I call it the brownie rule. If you've got a plate of brownies sitting out, like nice fresh brownies sitting out every day in the middle of your room and you walk past them back and forth every day, you can walk past them 19 times in a row and not eat the brownies and and then the 20th time, you're going to eventually eat the brownies. So get the brownies out of your house, whatever that is. You find out this isn't allowed on the diet that I'm on, go take it out. So the first time me and Beth took out all the foods, it was hilarious. We had like uh, like two cans of tomato sauce or something like that left in our pantry after we took out all the foods that weren't allowed. And we were like, holy moly, like what are we allowed to eat? And then I had to go make some trips to the store. Now, when you go to make trips to the store, you're also going to need time to figure out some things. Because if you have been purchasing in certain ways and in certain habits for many years, you're going to have to learn new things that you don't already know. You're going to have to get into new buying habits that you're not currently in. So you're going to have to show up to the store and you'll be like, I never made spaghetti squash before, so like where are the spaghetti squashes? You know what I mean? Like there's going to be a hundred of those little changes that you're going to have to eventually make. And you don't have to make them all at once. When I said start at point A and get to point B, whatever point B is for you, there's still going to be a shock and you still need to like take some investment on the front end to get you to whatever your point B or C or wherever you're trying to go looks like. And it's going to involve this learning curve. Okay. If you're like us, you're going to have to learn, like, there are some things, like, the whole 30 sounded dreadful to us <laughs> at first. And then, now, it doesn't sound that bad because we have learned some little tricks to make your food actually tasteful and stuff like that. It was just things that we weren't eating before, and we've had to supplement. But you're going to have to learn, how do I make that ranch dressing? You're going to have to learn, like... Uh, what foods do I actually like and what can I have that actually fits and then like how do you make that what does it require what area of the store is that located in where do I go to find that I might have to go to some new stores that I never have gone to before because you go down to your Walmart neighborhood market where you always shop and they don't have whatever it is that you're looking for you're going to have to figure out where do I buy that stuff? How do I get a hold of it? If I've got an Amazon.com it, then that's something I, it, you know, there are some things that like I have, I have to order them online if I want them. And so I'll just know whenever I'm starting to get low now, I'm going to order those in advance. You need to do some research. Find a few things that you can eat that are going to be staples for you. They're going to be like, okay, if nothing else, and it's uh, Thursday afternoon and I'm tired and I just want to eat something that's good and that's pretty fast, I promise you, whatever diet you're on, even if it's really, really strict, you can find something on a Thursday whenever you're really tired that's not going to take too much energy, but you need to have it ready 
ahead of time and you're going to have to do some research on figuring out what's that going to look like for me and then you want to get as far ahead as you need to be. So there are some things like right now that I have to go to Walmart like once a week. We go down to our neighborhood market like once a week and we buy a few things. And then there's other things that we would go to Costco and buy once a month. And so like we're now in a new rhythm that we didn't used to be in all of that is going to take a little bit of time and some learning curve. So for a couple of three weeks, before you ever try to start a diet, you need to go to a, uh, you need to go to, go to your computer, go to your phone, whatever, and figure out all of, uh, not all of, but a lot of what this is going to look like, okay? Now you need to think about the condiments that you eat, like you may have to make some of your own from home. We make our own ranch dressing all the time, and then I've actually started making it and freezing it way in advance. And I know if you're like, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, but it, it takes getting ahead. But think about your condiments. Uh, think about the little things that you are not supposed to have because here's the little mental trick. You know it's a downhill slide. Like once you eat a little bit of something, you're like kind of justified to the next level. It's the old slippery slope idea or argument, and it's definitely true in your diet. So think about all of the little things that you want to change. If you're going to go dairy-free or whatever, you're like, okay, well, what will I pour on my cereal, okay? What will I replace my yogurt with or whatever it is that you're changing, okay? So prepare for your condiments and then find a couple of places that have things on their menu that totally qualify with whatever, uh, whatever diet restrictions you have going on so that you can know some places that are fast food places or places to eat out that you in a pinch can take somebody to. If you eat out um, three or four times a week, you're going to probably need to find more than a couple but uh, if you say don't eat out um, a whole lot, then maybe you know you're gonna try to lay low and stay close to home. But go ahead and find what you know you're gonna eat or suggest eating whenever you go to eat out. So just get ready for that part of it. Then if you have kids, okay, get ready for like like I know it sounds crazy but like if you have to buy your kids a whole bunch of pre-processed foods and stuff like that it's only for a little while but get some stuff if if they're not going to be on the diet with you then like get some stuff that you can just pop in the microwave and give to them because like it's only a few weeks and like once you get yourself in a healthy rhythm then you can figure out how to start incorporating that in with your kids but you don't need to like have all these mental and, and verbal battles going back and forth with your kids for the first two or three weeks figure out some things that they can eat that you can just like make quickly so that you're not gonna stress yourself out and strain yourself while you're on this diet okay so prepare your environment by preparing your house preparing your habits and your new patterns that you're going to go through by researching what you're going to eat and where you're going to get it from and then prepare with your relationships around you with your kids and with your spouse and the family and the people that you're going to be affecting by your diet change prepare all of this a few weeks ahead in advance and then physically get your environment ready so that you can be more successful so that you will have the emotional stay power once it comes time because there will be a mental battle and that's where I want to go with this okay shocking the system involves you preparing and then it involves the battle itself that's where I want to go next so you have 
to have somebody with you in this. Okay, it's a little cliche, we all know it, but you can't do this alone. If you have a spouse that acts like they're kind of on board and kind of not on board, it probably isn't going to work. If you have a spouse that's like, sure, I'll do it with you, but you really know their heart's not in it, tell them it's okay, I'll do it alone, and then find a friend who is of the same heart. If you have to put a post out on social media somewhere that says, hey, somebody please do this diet with me or whatever, somebody is better than nobody, but get on board with somebody, okay? I am really sorry if somebody in your house does not want to go on board with this and it's like you and then your husband and your four kids or none of them are on board and you're trying to be on board. I know that's going to be really difficult. Um, if they bless you with it, that's so much better. So at least ask for their blessing. But get somebody on board with you who's going through it that you can bounce this off of and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Doesn't that stink whenever you have to be on day six and you're doing all of this and that? Find somebody who's going to do it with you. Don't even try to do it alone. Now, uh, the other thing that I want to say. I want to talk about the actual mental battle itself. It is mental and it is physical. Your brain has learned to survive on a high calorie, high energy, high sugar diet that it, once it gets a hold of it, will do every sort of mental justification possible to get back to that. There was a TED talk that I listened to and it was talking about why your why your body kicks back over time and is why it's like almost impossible to lose weight and to keep it off. Well, because there are some underlying things going on in our brains that don't come out until the Tuesday afternoon at 7 o'clock whenever you're trying to find something to eat and you're tired and you just say, oh, screw it, I'll just have this, okay? It's going to come out because your brain is programmed at very subconscious levels to try to figure out what to do to justify to get that food back. And the lady that was that was giving the TED Talk suggested that uh, it would be six to eight years for some people to find a new normal and you were going to feel like you were going through some sort of like starvation process in, in the meantime. Now, I don't think that that's all of it. It's very depressing, I know, to think about that. But uh, I, I really think once you find a new healthy normal and you deal with the underlying current, I think you won't feel like you're constantly in a battle. But you are going to be in a mental battle and your physiology is going to kick back against you. Now, the brunt of this battle is going to last you about three weeks while your body is detoxing from a lot of the things that you have been eating. Now, first of all, when I say the word detox, okay, a lot of us thinking about like smoothies and cleanses and, uh, you know, whatever therapies are out there and all this stuff. Listen, that's all a little above my pay grade, but I know this. Your body detoxes naturally. One of the things Dr. Rector said was that your body has the capability of healing itself. When you urinate, 
you are detoxing. Your body detoxes naturally. So when I say detox, I just mean when you stop eating all of the junk that you shouldn't have been eating and you allow your body to just get back in a healthy rhythm. It's going to detox itself, but it's going to take you through some stages and there's going to be some hard stages ahead in two to three weeks. The good news is that no matter how difficult it may seem the first two to three weeks is that after about week three, you're going to find yourself in a higher plane of normal that's going to feel good. Okay, now the first week, the first several days, if you have been in a sugar addiction, I can help you with <laughs> this process because... I have gone through the sugar addiction many, many times. I get addicted in sh to sugar in about two days of having lots of sugar for two days. I'm, I'm hooked again, and I can tell you how, what it feels like to go through the sugar kick. It's going to take you about three solid days to get off of your sugar addiction. If you have never kicked a sugar addiction in your life, get ready. It's going to be hard. You're going to find ways around your house to find some sort of added sugar. You may get headaches. You may feel totally, totally drained. You may feel like just sheer junk for two to three to four days. It can last up to a week. If you have never detoxed from sugar by going without sugar, then uh, get ready. It may take you five to seven days. So if you've never done it, prepare for a week of a serious mental battle of all these justifications. You're like, isn't your body supposed to have sugar? Trust me, you'll get enough, okay? Um, after you kick the sugar, that's the first big mental hurdle that you're going to jump over. You're still going to find yourself wanting to eat a lot of things that you should not eat. But the sugar is the hardest one. Um, you, while you are eating healthier stuff, will also have some gastrointestinal changes that take place. And I'm not going to get too deep into that because you may be about to eat lunch or something. But uh, the point is, is that your bowels will not be regular for most of us. Most people that I've talked to that have gone on the whole 30 or have gone on uh, some sort of like big cleanse diet, you know, this is going to come. And it's, it's like, it's a little bit like insult to injury because you're like, hey, I'm trying to do all this good stuff and all of a sudden, like, you know, my bowels aren't right. And that's just like added punishment. And, and, you, and you have all these questions like, am I doing the wrong thing because, um, because my, my gastrointestinal system isn't performing up to par? And that's going to last you two to three weeks. Okay. So like, after week three, you might, uh, you're probably going to find some, uh, some new regular there, and it's going to be a lot better than what it used to be. But don't freak out whenever the first week, like on day five or six, you feel terrible. Uh, whenever on day seven or eight or ten, you're like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you're going to hit that wall, and you're going to go, when is this going to end? I'm never going to make it to day 30 or whatever the period of time was that I set out and etched in stone. You're going to make it, okay? So really what you need to focus your energies on is not worrying about day 22 or day 28, but worrying about days 1, 2, 3, all the way up to about day 14, and then it starts to get easier. Most people 
who quit uh, the whole 30 are going to quit somewhere around day 15 to day 16, 17, somewhere in there. But if you can make it to the end of three weeks, you will have the mental willpower to stay through the entire 30 days. Okay. And then like if you're, by the way, side note, if you're going to 30 days, there's going to be this little thing in you and it's going to be mentally pretty easy to stay stay with it to day 30, but you're going to also have this little thing that pops up in your brain that says, hey, you're on day 28. Just go ahead and cheat. Like you, you, you did a good job. That's another mental trick that your brain's going to do on you to try to like get back to the old habits that it was in. All right. Just know that that's coming. Don't. Okay. Like whatever the rules are, stick within the rules. And then like day 31, you know, like go have a bowl of bluebell or whatever it was that you wanted to have because you haven't in a while. That's, that's totally fine. But whatever your diet is, make sure that you have some uh, hard and fast rules that you stick with and, and don't cut it short at the end. Okay. So finish strong. Whatever it is that you're setting out to do, you need to, as you're planning it out, you need to have a, an amount of time on your calendar that you're going to successfully do this shock to the system. You're going to successfully do it for a certain period of time, and you're going to have very strict rules about what you can and can't do, and you're going to prepare your environment. You're going to prepare for your relationships that you're going to run into. You're going to prepare for the mental struggles that you're going to run into. You're going to prepare your actual kitchen. You're going to prepare all of these things way in advance to be successful because there's no point in failing over and over and over again until you're distraught in despair. Now, have I made you depressed? <laughs> I said all this because I don't want you to find yourself in opposition to something that you didn't realize how big it was. But I say it all to say this you can be successful. And if you did all of this stuff and you're like, Seth, okay, I did all of that before and it didn't work, okay? Like I said about judgment in episode one, I believe, don't let the 10-year-old kid that's screaming at you called judgment keep you from going down the road that leads to transformation. Just think very non-judgmentally what was it that kept me from being successful? What what in there led me to that pattern? Step back outside of your life for a second and look. And if you have a partner, it will be so much easier to do this with. And you can bat it back and forth between you and them. So having said all of that, you can be successful. Just get prepared. Prepare your environment. Do all of the things in advance that you are going to do and then realize now as much as like I might be taking 30 days, 40 days, however long that you want to take, as much as that may be my plan, really the main mental battle isn't that long. It's only going to take you two to three weeks, maybe four at the most in order to get through the toughest part of the mental battle that's going to lead you to change. Now, having said all of that, this is not that hard. I love what Melissa Hartwig said. She's one of the founders of the Whole30. She said, this is not hard. Losing a parent 
is hard. Battling cancer is hard. Drinking your coffee black is not hard. Point being, humans do much tougher things all the time. But you just can't underestimate the struggle. And if you'll take it seriously and realize all of the complexities of it and then get yourself ready for those, you can totally be successful. And here's the way this will work. Like you, if you will shock your system and you'll go through a month or so long diet, detox, change of food and eating, A, you're going to run up against all of these inner things inside of yourself and say, whoa, that really had a hold on me and I really am struggling here. And then you're going to actually uh, find yourself reclaiming some boundaries that you needed to reclaim and you're going to find yourself with these uh, all these ways that you're growing in healthy ways because you are trying to institute a change and you are going to going to be successful whenever you do that. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to do all of the things that we discussed from your environment to preparing uh, your routine for preparing against all of the mental battles and all of that. And you're going to need to do it with somebody. Okay. So, like, find that somebody. I'm rooting you on. Uh, if this podcast is in any way. Um, inspired you or nudged you along to sort of make some diet changes and stuff uh please let me know about that that would be that would be awesome to hear because you're the reason why i do this and um if you uh, find yourself trying to make some changes and uh, you need some just advice or just want to bounce it off of anybody or something like that, uh, reach out to me because uh, I struggle with this too. So the way this works is you'll go through a shock to your system. You'll find yourself on a higher plane of like closer to where you want to be in your ideal rhythm and routine and habits and stuff. But then over time, you'll find yourself sliding back down because let's say theoretically your daughter opens up a cookie business in the middle of the summer or something like that. You'll find yourself giving in and you'll start to slide back down. And then at some point, you'll need to shock the pool again and you'll need to do a reset. But it's not all lost because... If you do it faithfully and you do a, a good job, over time what you'll notice is that this year my new low isn't quite as low as last year's. This year my new normal of the way that I eat and my routines are a little bit healthier than they were before. And so, like, you'll have to reset. You'll end up going through some of the same struggles and addictions again next year. But if you'll find it and make it a regular routine part of yourself, not to, like, reset and then totally crash and just give up and go all the way back to normal, because something's wrong if you're doing that. But uh, to be able to let go, reset, yeah, you're going to slide back down and you'll have to reset later. But do that, and over time, you'll find yourself gradually adjusting to where you want to be, okay? And you're going to have to do it in increments like that. Um, so, you know, if you if you want some help with that or whatever, and you have nobody else to bounce it off to, talk to me, bounce it off with me or whatever, message me. Uh, Beth and I are actually going to go on the Whole30 again sometime in like August or whatever after uh, the summer starts to wrap up um, because uh, we wanted to do another reset ourselves. And so maybe if you can't find anybody else and you want to like do it, uh, I don't, you know, depending on who you are and where you're at, um, if you want to like maybe reach out to us and, you know, somehow align that at the same time or whatever, go for it. But whatever you do and wherever you're at, 
my hope and my prayer for you is that you would be able to find some change in whatever ways that are unhealthy in you, that you would be able to uh, prepare for uh, a shock of the system and that you would be able to successfully get yourself back into whatever habits you've fallen out of that are unhealthy, back into a healthier you and a healthier functioning. In all of that, not lose sight of the big picture because this isn't really about food. This is about you. And so I hope and I pray that the inner you would find peace and rest and homeostasis and that you would be one step closer to becoming more of the whole integrated connected person that you were designed to be and that that would have ripple effects in all of the other aspects of yourself and that the way that you talk and your words and all of the other outer expressions of yourself would come to find more balance in who you were created to be. Hey, I have really enjoyed doing this series. Thank you for listening, and I just hope that you've been able to find some sort of nuggets of positive uh, affirmation or, or Uh, prodding along to change and if you have don't hesitate for a second to share that with me because I love getting uh, some positive feedback and things like that there's a ton of negativity in the world it's very encouraging to me to hear stories of positive change especially if I've intersected with it in any way shape or form so uh, don't hesitate to let me know I'm going to be posting one other little episode on here about just some uh, basic like 101 things that I've learned uh, in changing like my kitchen so like some recipes and stuff that I'm just going to just post out there for free Um, and then in the not too distant future I hope to uh, start on my next series uh, but I don't want to say anything about that yet uh, because when it happens it's going to happen in its own time but I like to do this one series at a time so that's the end of this series Uh, you can stay tuned maybe in the months to come uh, I'll be posting my next series I'll be excited about that one as well I've already got it in the works but until then I hope you uh, find yourself with increasing levels of peace and love and all things good Hey, thanks.